March 2020 is certainly one that we will all remember. It hasn't been anything that we planned it to be. And frankly, our plans that we had made going forward probably aren't going to be the plans that we stick to. I've had more Zoom meetings with networking groups and colleagues this last two weeks than I've had in a long time. And if you're like me, you're navigating having extra people in your workspace on a regular basis. So I've taken a little bit different approach for this month's favorite files, and I have, I'm going to share some things that have been helpful for me in navigating this new uncharted reality that we're living in right now. Let's get started. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. How are you all doing with working from home and this self isolation or self-distancing that we're doing, the social distancing, excuse me, that's what it is, not self-distancing. I don't know about you, but even though I've worked from home for the last eight years or almost eight years, it's still a struggle. I now have boundaries put on me that I don't want. I don't want to be told I have to stay in the house or stay home or not be able to visit with my neighbor in a way that I normally would visit with my neighbor, you know, six feet apart. Of course, I'm, I'm all about personal boundaries and, and personal space, but still, it just feels like I'm being told to do something that I don't want to do. So I have found myself thinking back to the episode of Dan Harris's podcast, 10% Happier, where he interviewed Jocelyn Gee, Glee, excuse me, And the episode is episode 207, and it's called A Radical Approach to Productivity. I have found myself coming back to the ideas of that podcast numerous times over the last couple of weeks as we've been, as we've been keeping to ourselves more. And the reason why it's been coming to me is the idea of productivity and how we can shame ourselves into not getting enough done. And I'm seeing a lot of that kind of conversation around the idea of we're working from home, our kids are out of school. So we're looking at having to try and figure out how to homeschool them, as well as get our own work done, and have some semblance of a family life. That, my friends, is a perfect example of productivity shame. We can't do it all, nor should we be expected to do it all. And we certainly shouldn't expect that we can do it perfectly. I saw somebody share recently on Facebook a note written by, I believe it was a PhD in education. And it was telling us that the reason why educating our kids is so hard is because we're not equipped to be the educators for our kids in the way that a teacher is. And I believe that. I have said this before in conversations with my friends who are in teaching is, you know what, I'm not, I'm not built to be able to teach a third grader how to do math. I'm not, I know that. I'm not built to know what is the right way to teach my daughter science. That's not who I am. That's not, that's not my skill set. And to suddenly be in a situation of 
trying to figure out how do we balance all of these things, homeschooling, work, and having downtime, it's challenging. So let's not fall into that set of productivity shame. To counterbalance that, what what Jocelyn describes in this podcast is the idea of heart-centered productivity. And so I just want to share a few of my notes from that. And I will, of course, link directly to the podcast interview about this so you can listen to it, which I will warn you, it's a, it's a long one. It's a little over an hour, but it the whole thing is really, really, really good. Heart-centered productivity is tracking our progress, celebrating the little things that we accomplish, recognizing that we need to get back into understanding our bodies and what we need, identifying what our circadian rhythms are telling us, aligning our work to that. So like if we if we're more productive in the morning, then we need to take advantage of that. If we are more productive mid-afternoon, we need to take advantage of that too and figure out where do I need to funnel my greatest productivity into which time of day and do it then. It's about setting boundaries for what we are going to do and what we're not going to do. And she talks about how reframing the way we talk to ourselves and saying, I do or I don't do something depersonalizes that event and allows you to stick with it a little bit more than if you say I can or I can't. Because by saying you can do something or you can't do something, it implies the other. It implies that you are able to do it and that you could if you wanted to, which then opens us up to feeling guilty if we say, no, we're not going to. But if you just say, I do or I don't do this, that guilt can be gone because you're definitively saying, I don't do that. Or yes, I do that. So I am happy to help you with that. As opposed to if somebody asks you something that really you want to say you don't do, and you say, well, I can't do that, suddenly you've kind of opened that up for the possibility. So just making that subtle shift can really make a big difference. Remember that it's not about having to work eight hours a day. If you can be super productive in three to four hours in a day, then take the rest of the day and focus your attention on something else. The same goes for our kids. When we think about the fact that in school, they are passing classes a good portion of the time. They have things that are more downtime built in. Yes, they're busy constantly, but when it comes right down to it, they're learning in shorter periods of time and then moving on to the next subject. So they're moving constantly. So don't expect them to sit down and work for eight hours in a day and be productive the entire time it's okay to let them have those breaks and to allow them some freedom to choose how they're going to do the day. That's what I'm taking from this conversation that she had with, with Dan Harris, which this podcast episode aired several months ago. So it was long before the pandemic. It is not set up to be in response to, to this at all. The other key thing that I took took away from this was the idea of building white space into your schedule. And the idea behind that is that we have filled our schedule so jam-packed that we don't allow ourselves time to breathe, time to be creative, time to just do those things that don't need to be scheduled. 
But if you purposely put some white space into your days, you're opening yourself up for greater creativity and letting your mind wander. When we let our mind wander, that's where some of our best ideas come from. So the key takeaway I want you to have from this is that there could be some really great benefits that could come from this time of social isolation that maybe we're not recognizing because we have been so uptight and so focused on the insane amount of productivity that we think we need to have every day that in the end what might really be happening is we're not being as productive as what we could be so again that is just a couple of my thoughts from this interview with jocelyn glee it's episode 207 of the 10% Happier podcast with Dan Harris. And the title of that one is A Radical Approach to Productivity. And she also has a podcast that's called Hurry Slowly. I've listened to a few of them. They're really good. I would I would definitely check it out. I highly recommend this one because I think it really helps provide some strategies of what maybe we need to be doing to get through these next few weeks. Because if you're not doing well with with this so far and I would say I'm kind of on the fence there are times when I think I'm doing okay and there's other times when I'm like oh my god please I just want to go I I can't do this anymore I'm going to re-listen to this one too because I think it will give me a good grounding for where I need to be and put myself in a better place Brene Brown's new podcast called Unlocking Us dropped over the weekend I had an opportunity to listen to the first episode, and it's really great. Of course, I would expect nothing less from her. The topic that she chose to speak about right now is very relevant to what we are all facing at this point in time, which is how do we deal with an experience or a circumstance that we've never dealt with before? This could be any of a number of things. This could be a very small incident of something that causes you a little bit of anxiety or unrest in how it's going to go. It might be something that's a little bigger, or it could be something that is huge, like the pandemic. If you are familiar with Brene Brown's work at all, you probably know that what I'm referring to is what she calls the FFT, or the effing first time. And we need to be reminded that that's the situation that we're in because when we when we get really agitated or worried or upset about something it's really good for us to pause and take a step back and think about how we're managing the situation and what could we do differently and so for her and through the research that she's done on shame she came up with three steps to be able to manage this better and I want to share those right now because I think they could be valuable for a lot of reasons. Anytime we are faced with something that we've never had to do before and we're looking fear or the unknown in the eye, if we take these three steps, it'll likely be a little bit easier. I'm not going to say that it's going to shed the fear that we have, but it likely will be a little bit easier to take that next crucial step forward. So the first step in the FFT process is normalizing it. And what does she mean by normalizing it? That is recognizing that this is the first time and just owning that fact. The second step is perspective. When I think about perspective, it's looking at the situation from multiple angles. 
what lens am I seeing this experience or this next step that I have to make? What lens am I viewing it from? Am I viewing it from the perspective of that I'm afraid of it, that I'm excited about it, that I'm uneasy? Maybe I'm not fearful truly, but I'm just unsure of what's going to be next. But if I also take that step and I think about it from my client's perspective, family's perspective, my daughter's perspective, which is going to be very different than mine and my husband's perspectives, then I start to see other opportunities within it. And maybe they're opportunities that allow me to change my own lens and be more welcoming to that situation. And the third step is setting realistic expectations. And those expectations really need to be the expectations that you place on yourself. And of course, you need to recognize the expectations that you're putting on your teammates or anyone else around you who's working to help you accomplish the goal that you're looking at that you are in for the first time. But you have to start with yourself and be realistic on what it is you're able to accomplish. The example that she gave in the in the podcast, she actually gave three that I think were all, they're all excellent, but they were all in varying degrees of significance. The first one that she shared was actually just how she's approaching producing the podcast because it's something that she's wanted to do for a while. So she's very excited about it, but she doesn't know the process. She's entering into the unknown of what's going to happen. How is it going to go? How is it going to be received? How does it get produced and edited and and all of that? And so she recognized that she was in an FFT situation and she had to take that step back and realize, hey, Everybody who started a podcast was in my shoes at one point in time. So I'm not alone in this. I might feel like I'm alone right now because this is my first time, but everybody else had to have a first time as well. So then she moved into the perspective and she started to think about what what perspective is she looking at? You know, what lens is she viewing all of this through and how does it change the way that she is going to work with the team that she's brought together to put this together? And then the last piece was the realistic expectations, which was setting the boundaries of how often is it going to be put out? What do we need to do? She talks about how they converted a room in her office into this huge podcast, uh, podcasting room. And she thought that it would take, you know, a couple of hours to be able to put it all together and how wrong she was when it actually started happening. And it was boxes and boxes and boxes. And three days later, it was finally set up. Her expectations didn't match what the reality of the situation actually was. But she had recognized that because this was her first time, it also was okay that these were, were different. And they, her team forewarned her that it was going to take longer than she anticipated. Another example that she shared is just getting through the pandemic, looking at the pandemic as it is an FFT, because none of us have ever been through this before. We don't know what to expect. I think that's a valuable tool for all of us to be able to use and learn from in any time. Because if we look at any situation as, how is this done? And I'm not the only one that's going through this. I mean, I, I tell my clients all the time, listen to the questions that your clients are asking, because if they're asking, a very high percentage of your other clients are going to have the exact same question. To me, this is kind of the same thing. That's normalizing it. There are very few unique ideas out there anymore. So if you recognize that I'm not alone, and I'm, I might be facing this 
for the first time now myself, but others have gone before me and done this and been fine. That's normalizing it. Perspective, I talk about perspective all the time because we have to understand the perspective of our clients and our customers as it relates to how they're going to engage in business with us and how they're going to understand what it is that we're saying that we do or don't do. It's important to look at the perspective of how somebody might read your social media posts or of your webpage and expectations that are realistic. It's a given. We have to have those. Otherwise, we are just going to live in a constant state of disappointment. Now, I did also take a moment and listened to her second interview as well, which was with Glennon Doyle. And I will say I have never been a huge, huge fan of Glennon Doyle. I I shouldn't even say it that way. I've never read any of her books. I follow her on social media. I like what she says, but not to the point where it's ever compelled me to go and read her stuff. And this was probably the first interview that I've listened to with her. It's excellent. If you're on the fence or if you have her new book on your reading list, it's probably one you want to move up on your reading list. And if you're looking to just kind of get an idea about what the book is about, listen to her interview with Brene Brown because it's a good one. It kept me very engaged and very interested as I was listening to it. So there's my plug for Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us. I knew I would love it. And she proved that I was right in my thoughts before it ever came out. So check it out. I think you'll like it. I think all of us have the question of what should we be doing right now? And like Brene Brown says, we are all going through this for the first time. So I don't think there's any right or wrong answer to this. We have to do what's important to us and what we feel is right for those that we serve. And in that, that says to me that we need to continue our marketing efforts. And you're thinking, how does what you just said tell you that you need to continue your marketing efforts? Your customers and clients are still going to need you. It's just the context of how they need you has shifted. And by that, I mean the reason why they may have come into your shop or hired you to coach them is maybe different now than what it was before. But ultimately, they still are going to look to you for support and guidance. So as we navigate this great unknown, I've decided to do something that puts me into a first timer as well, which is create a, well, on the back end of things, it's creating an email sequence in my email service that I use, which I've not done before. So I had to kind of, I had to figure that out. And I've done it, I think. If it's not working, I hope somebody will tell me. But I've put together a series of really short messages that I will deliver to you daily, just during the week, not on the weekends, because we need to have that space to be able to have time with our family and have our downtime from work. We can't work 24-7. I've written up a series of marketing tips that I want to deliver to you that will just help you stay consistent will help you achieve a level of clarity with what you're doing, whether it's how you speak or just clarity in your own mind of what you're doing from your marketing efforts and your branding efforts is on target. And my third goal is for you to feel confident in what you're doing from a marketing perspective, because I hear that a lot from my clients is that they are unsure of what they should be doing. 
And that's really my biggest goal is to just help you feel more confident in what it is that you're doing going forward. So they'll be easy things. I'm not going to get into any great depth. I'm hopeful that any task that I put in there that you choose to do or apply to your business is something that you can do in a matter of a few minutes, maybe a half an hour. If you really dig deep into some of them, maybe it would take you an hour to do it, you know, and do some reflective thinking on it. There's a few of those in there that are meant to just really get you thinking about how you maybe need to pivot or change or respond differently. But that's, that's what I want to do. I feel like that's something that I can offer in a way that is giving you some reassurance in what you're doing. So if you're interested in subscribing to that list, you can do that through this link. It's a bit.ly link, which is bit.ly backslash marketing minutes. And I had to abbreviate marketing. So it's MKTG minutes. So bit.ly backslash MKTG, M-I-N-U-T-E-S, marketing MKTG minutes. But I hope you'll join us. I don't have a specific number of days that I'm going to do this. Initially, I thought maybe 30 days, but if I continue to have ideas, I will share them for the duration of us being in the social distancing. Be well, my friends. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.